comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. This episode of Tales from the Attic is brought to you by Tura, Bombs and Betrayal. Ninja, the Yakuza, and Zombies are the feature of the new graphic novel by Mall Productions. Life was good. All Tura had to do was hunt bad guys and rake in the cash. Simple. But when circumstances forced her back to Japan to help the Toshigawa clan avoid extinction at the hands of Slash and his evil warriors, Tura and the streetwise kickboxer Cat em- embark on a journey that finds them targeted by the Yakuza, the Azumi Ninja clan, the Japanese authorities, and one mean zombie from Tura's past. All of this and she still has to deal with her boyfriend Cyan and his wandering eyes and hands. Tura Bombs and Betrayal is written by Martheus Wade and illustrated by award-winning artist Andrew Chandler, Alex Zemke, animator for Sony Pictures Interactive, and Martheus Wade, illustrator for the Oxygen Channel's Bad Girls Club comic book. Tura Bombs and Betrayal will be available for pre-order in September at Toshigawa.com and selected comic book retailers nationwide. As an added bonus, if you pre-order Tura, Mall Productions will be offering a free 10-page digital story that will tie into the novel. Over 100 pages of ninja action available just for you! Please visit www.toshigawa.com for more details and sneak previews of this incredible publication. That's Toshigawa, T-O-S-H-I-G-A-W-A.com. Toshigawa.com. To another exciting episode of Tales from the Attic. I'm your host, Donnie Salvo. That's me. And this is, I'm going to tell you all about what we do here on Tales from the Attic. If this is your first episode, welcome. If it's not, well, you know what we're doing, but let me explain it to the newbies. How's that sound? Get off my back, jeez. Alright, if you've never listened to this before, this is what we do. Okay? I, your host, Donnie Salvo, go up into my attic, reach into a random long box, grab a random comic, and come down, and we do it together. I read it, and we talk about it. Well, I talk about it. You listen to it. And sometimes it's entertaining. I like it. I've, I've got positive feedback. So, before we get into our tale, our our book let's let's get the sponsorship out of the way what do you say what do you say well here we go this episode of tales from the attic is brought to you by dcbservice.com discount comic book service 35 percent off of all your comic statue and related hobby supplies let me tell you something 35 percent off is where they start okay there are books out there Sometimes brand new titles, 50% off. 
sometimes even 75% off. That's crazy, right? They might as well just give it to you. Just give it to me, DCBS. Give it. All right, this is going to uh, turn into a bad way now. Uh, yes, so go to DCBService.com. Let me tell you something, man. I have been using them. I used them for probably the past, I'd say, two years, two and a half, maybe three. Maybe three. So, yeah, go check them out, DCBService.com, for all your comic book needs. And listen to this. I got feedback from the show from my buddy Matthew. I'm not going to tell you his last name. I know you want to. You want to know, but I'm not going to tell you. And he wrote, Donnie, I really do like your podcast even when I don't have the comic you're reviewing. Your reviews tell it like it really is while while reviewing classic comics with none of that comics code BS. That's right. I don't code nothing, buddy. I don't... There's no BS here. (laughs) Uh... Just keep doing what you're doing, and I will continue to listen. Matthew, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm, I enjoy doing it. So there you go. And all you got to do is you can write in just like Matthew did. Just like my buddy Matt there. He wrote in. And it's Donnie Salvo, D-O-N-N-Y-S-A-L-V-O, all one word, at yahoo.com. There you go. See? And I'll read yours on the show, too. Maybe, if it's a nice one. No, I'll even read a mean one. I don't give a shit. I, believe me, dude, I've been in the entertainment industry long enough where you can pretty much... Tell, never. Why are we talking about this? We're here to talk about comics, man. I'm here to rock... What What? what am I doing? Zantana 15. What, Donnie, you're doing a comic that came out after the 2000s? Why, yes, I am. Zantana 15 let us open up with Zantana with her feet up in her dressing room with a roadie leaving saying later Z and she's all you've earned the week off make the most of it so I guess they're on vacation and she's thinking to herself well actually see they don't do thought bubbles anymore they do narration boxes now what do you like better do you like the? Th- I know there's a big thing about the thought bubble. Bring the thought bubbles back. Why won't you bring the thought bubbles back? I don't know. But uh, anyway, narrative boxes. And she's like, uh, life of a globetrotting back-to-back-to-back performances. Vegas, Bali, New York is exceeding even my limits. She's tired. That's what she's saying. And uh, she said, no one no one said captivating an audience isn't without consequence. It puts serious drain on, on my magical reserves. And uh, so she's sitting back. She goes, you know, it's nothing. Some some quiet meditation won't won't uh, won't fix with a good night's rest. And she's chilling and she just flowers and stuff on her dressing room table. I never got flowers. Anyway, um, even when I wore my Zantana costume, I never got flat. Did I say that out loud? Is this microphone on? I guess it is. Okay. Anyway, so she's picking up a card, and it says, For a job well done. You are so loved, mistress of magic. And, uh, you know, she's just... 
she's just chilling out. She's trying to relax. I mean, she's tired. She's leaning back in the old chair. She's like, now I'm going to just relax and find my happy, happy fate, happy place, happy face. What? If she's, if it's going to, she's going to find her happy place. And I hope it's like, um, Happy Gilmore's happy place where it's like Carl Weathers singing, we've only just begun. And he's in, 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 uh, chicks in lingerie with pitchers of beer and a midget dressed like a um, cowboy riding a hobby horse. That's kind of like my happy place too, actually. That should be everybody's happy place. It is. What's your happy place? Donny Savo at yahoo.com. Go ahead, tell me. Anyway, she leans back. She's relaxing and out of the, through the window, the window of the dressing room. Her dressing room has a window that's awesome. But that's not what it, it's important right now. An arrow flies through the air. It goes straight across her throat. And she falls to the ground. And she said, the taste of copper and something else. Maybe poison? Not good. Not now. Thank the stars it didn't pierce my juggler. Well, you know what? Fire that, Archer. Bad guys. To hell. You know how hard it is to find an archer in the 21st century? But, I mean, you should at least get one that can do the job. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Right? Okay. So she's looking at the arrowhead. She goes, I don't re- I don't recognize this symbol. It's not spell enhanced. It only reads unfriendly. feels that way, too. And she's trying to talk, but she can't talk because uh, whatever the poison that's in her system, it's making her sick. And she's slurring her speech, so she can't. She can't even form words, and she, and she falls to the ground. And uh, she said, "But I'm not going to wait around here to get caught." And she crawls on the floor of her dressing room to a cabinet, a cabinet with yellow stars, and, and it's it's a magic cabinet, like a magician would use. So. The next panel, it shows her getting in there, and there's blood trickling, and all of a sudden the dressing room door opens, and there's just there's feet and legs, red boots with black pants and guns strapped, and all of a sudden there's all these, oh my god, the room fills up with all these dudes with crossbows and machine guns, and they're dressed in in red cloaks. They look like crazy, um, like priest type dudes, and. Uh, the main guy's like, flip everything. Flip the whole room, man. She couldn't have got far. He didn't say, man, I added that. And then all of a sudden, they're throwing stuff. And I don't know why, but it looks like there's a typewriter on her desk. I, what, Where is she playing? The 40s? Why Why is there a typewriter on her desk? And there's a the, the, one of the, the priest-looking dudes look down, and there's a bottle of something that's on the counter next to the fucking 1940s. 50s typewriter and uh, one of the chicks oh there's a chick in the group and she's like she's looking at her arrowhead and she says I definitely hit her not enough to kill her or crawl away very far (gasps) and they look at the cabinet with the blood trickling to the cabinet these guys I mean they must be half Indian to track somebody like that I mean that's amazing anyway so all of a sudden we go back. Zantana has a vial in her hand, and she's cr- 
crawling through like this little corridor so this must be like the cabinet used to disappear you know make make the audience guy appear or the chick or the you know what i'm talking about did you ever see david copperfield i saw david copperfield when he says he makes it snow he doesn't nope he doesn't make it snow in the arena no you know what it is soap bubbles soap bubbles that's all sorry david copperfield go ahead sue me i let I, I i told one of your tricks i don't care anyway so all of a sudden they open up the cabinet and they throw it on like a tear gas container and underneath the floorboards you hear a cough because that's where Zantana is right all of a sudden they open fire and it's and it's all over the place and I don't know how she's doing it but she didn't get hit and all of a sudden she pops up out of a trap door on the stage so um, she's thinking to herself military tactics a mercenary unit of some type definitely not magic users yeah not not a lot of wizards in war you didn't see I'm just telling you Zantana you didn't see Harry Potter messing with a 9mm you know what I'm saying you just didn't see it He's, he didn't just, like, pull out a gat and just start shooting people and be like, kill a kiss, bam, bam. He didn't do any of that. He didn't. He had a wand. And I'm going on from there. But she said, doesn't make him any less dangerous. And you see these two shadowed figures from the other side of the stage. What's going to happen? It's two teenage girls, and they're like, oh, my God. I thought, I thought we missed you. Can you sign this for me? Hold on, let me get a picture. And she's like, I really don't need this right now. I, I mean, but these girls are looking right at her face and she can't see. She's wearing white gloves covered in blood and none of these girls care. They're just like, can we get a picture? I mean, that's fans nowadays, right? Can we get a picture? I don't care if you're dying. Can I have a picture? <laughs> but she wants to get them out of there because she doesn't want them to get hurt. So she drops this vial down on the ground. And it's like a big flash grenade, and it goes kapow! And there's a big bright light, and the girls can't see, and they run away because she scared them, I guess. All right? And she goes, I hope that's the last one of them. I can't deal with any late admirers, much less survive myself. Oh, really? Is that how you feel about your, your, your fans, Zantana? You don't have time to sign an autograph while there's a bunch of mercenaries trying to shoot you in the face? See? That's a Donnie Salvo guarantee. If someone's trying to shoot me in the face, I will take time out to sign something. So she's going through stuff on a coat rack with, you know, like her wardrobe racky thing. And uh, she's like, I got to keep moving. I'm sure they heard that boom. And uh, she goes farther backstage and she's, she grabs like a... Um, she grabs like a long handkerchief like you know you see the ma magicians pull out his, she she puts this ointment on on the handkerchief she wraps it around her neck and she's just laying there and she's trying to rest and uh you know she's talking about she can't use her she can't use her magic and um you know and and, and so she starts thinking back before that she starts talking about how like she's doing this gig and how these mercenaries actually lured her here was they said it was like a kids charity function that's dirty that's dirty play mercenaries so she's she's thinking about how she's going to get out of this and all of a sudden boom she passes out and she starts dreaming about her dad and her dad zatara okay golden age hero 
you could find him in issues of All-Star Squadron from the 80s. Um, and his ghost played a part in the Rain and Hell miniseries, which is actually kind of good in a weird kind of way. I mean, the miniseries, not the fact that he's a ghost in hell. That's not what I meant. But anyway, so he's saying he was, your training today will be more than just magic. Those that are feared and misunderstood have, have always been hunted throughout history. You must learn to protect your yourself when words aren't enough. And he, and he points to her fist and he goes, in those situations, you need to rely on this. And then he points to her head and he said, and this. So he's teaching her. He's like he's like Bruce Lee and shit. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden she pops awake. And just in the nick of time, because they're sitting there with the crossbows and the mercenaries are shooting at her, and she dives out of the way. And then all of a sudden now they pull out their machine guns and she's running. She is running. And then she pulls out of um she's hiding behind this big um board thing, a box like, and um. There's a lot of these big boxes she's hiding behind. How big is backstage for a Zantana con- uh, show? Really? How much crap does one woman need? That's all I'm saying. And, uh... <laughs> so she's going, that was way too close. I can't pass out like that again. I gotta stay sharp. And she pulls a chain from somewhere, and she whips it at the chick with the machine gun, and it wraps around the top of the, like, the nuzzle... Is that what they call it? The nuzzle of the gun? The muzzle or the nuzzle? Nuzzle is something you... Like you nuzzle... Muzzle. It's a muzzle of a gun. That's right. It's a muzzle of a gun. See, we learn things together. We learn things together. Okay? (laughs) Two-time Parsec nominated... Okay, never mind. Podcast right here. And you know what? I really don't think I had anything to do with that. But anyway... So now she's running with her top hat. And one of the dudes, he pulls out a knife and he goes, what's in the hat? And she's thinking to herself, she goes, your face. And she jumps up and she shoves his the dude's face inside her hat. And he can't breathe. And then she karate chops his arm. And he drops his knife. And then she does this crazy move where she, like, she flips him around and punches him in the face. And the other... The other two dudes are shooting at her, and she picks up the knife, and she flings it, and she goes, please let this work, you know, and like I said, all the, all of her dialogue is in narrative boxes, because she can't talk, right, so she throws this knife, and backstage, all the, all the pulleys with the ropes, and whatnot, it cut one, and I'm like, oh, she's gonna sandbag it, like in all the Scooby-Doo cartoons, Right? Where they untie or cut one of the thing and a sandbag falls on the bad guy? No. 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 She grabs the rope while they're shooting at her. And it pulls her up in the air. And all these doves and cards and everything are falling out of her jacket. (laughs) And and, And she gets shot in the leg. And she climbs up to the catwalk. And they're all like, get her up there. And they're shooting at the catwalk. And one dude's like, I tagged her in the leg during the escape. And uh, he's like, she won't get far now, everybody. You got time to reload thanks to me because I shot her in the leg during the escape. And the other guy's like, God, Pete, you're always bragging. You're always bragging. What about the other three magicians I shot two weeks ago, dude? What about them? No one ever brings. No, no one ever says, hey, Joe, great job. You shot those two magicians. No. God, Pete. Why don't you bring it down a notch, okay? Great, okay, good shot, yay. But she still ran away, ass. 
none of that happened. I was just, I got it. So all of a sudden, there's a blood trail, and it's leading to a rest restroom. I almost said restaurant, which really wouldn't have worked. Restroom, and it would assign it as out of order. So these these dudes just open up on this door. They are just blah, 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 blah. And then they, well, actually, it's not blah, blah, blah. It's because they're machine guns. And then all of a sudden, they open up the bathroom door. Zantana is sitting in the middle of the bathroom. This room is shot to shit. The lights are hanging down. There's water flowing out of the sink, coming out of the toilet. There's dirty toilet paper all over the place. And she's just sitting down. And she is covered in water. And she just looks defeated. And she goes to talk. But she can't. And the main mercenary dude is there with his two buddies. And he's like, relax. It's almost over now. And you know what we're going to get right here? Villain explains the entire plan. And he's like, I know what you're feeling. The toxin is finishing its effects. It's how we immediately mobilize your kind from using your gifts. We've been doing this for a while. And it shows. It goes like... Um... Like uh, old Salem, they're shooting at witches on brooms with muskets, and then it shows like the Wild West. They're shooting a gigantic bat in the desert, and then it shows in the thirties. Yeah, there's a bunch of Tommy guns, and they're shooting this werewolf dude with a Tommy gun. They're all like, yeah, we're gonna get your werewolf, and they're just blowing them away. And then uh, it shows like um, I want to say it's the late 1800s no I would say early 1900s and it shows uh, these guys shooting like uh, some kind of crazy plant creature and he says we would come from a long line of hunters stretching back many generations our prey has taken on many forms warlocks vampire werebeast sasquatchin sasquatchin that's a new word right there and all abortions of nature and blasphemous things to our creator. And so they you know, they said, our forefathers banded together to hunt them, to exterminate them, and blah, blah, blah. Society calls them illusionists, conjurers, and magicians. But the hunter only referred to them the proper way. Witches. And he says, the craft you practice is a disease, and we're simply ridding the earth of this pestilence. And he gets on her face, and she whispers, thank you. And then all of a sudden you see like little little dotty glows things around her neck. And she said, for giving me enough time for my ointment. And she pulls her hand away and there's more glowy little star things around her neck. And she said, to heal my vocal cords. And let me tell you something. Jamal Eigel does this issue. And every every single action scene, every scene in this is beautiful. I mean, if you don't see, if you see Jamal at a con... Check out his work, man. Seriously. It is unbelievable. Um, and so the facial expression is now she's got a shit-eating grin on her face. And this dude, is his mouth is wide open. And so he, him and his buddy stand up and they just start blasting. Um, and she puts her hand up. And, you know, the thing with Zantana is she says things backwards and they happen. So um, she says... Zetelaboob Amakabi Repapa, which is bullets, 
become paper, and all the bullets are shooting, <laughs> turn into these little tiny paper airplanes that just fly around her. And then she says, you're so used to accepting surrender that you don't know when you've been played for defeat. And then she says, Og to Lart, and which is go to trial. And poof, we go immediately to the open sky of Salem, Massachusetts, 1692. A portal opens. These guys fall to the ground into, <laughs> into a small colony of people. These people are going, did you see them? The sky flashed. I saw them flying. Magic! Father Kenneth, we must help these less fortunate. And then he says, yes, my brother. Townspeople of Salem. Are we not just? We will help these heathens see the light, be they witch or warlock. And then it's got all these guys tied, all these guys and women, sorry, tied to stakes, burning while people are throwing rocks at them. And uh, they pled that they were not magic to all those who were witnesses. Their cries went unheeded, their lies ignored. Let them sweat a moment before I bring them back to our time and our prisons. And there you go. All of a sudden, there's a colonial girl walking away who looks just like Xantana. And she said, to take a page from their book, judge not that ye be not judged. The end. This was an awesome story. Um, I'm going to pronounce the writer's name. And it's going to be awful, but you guys are used to that. So, uh, Derek Friedolf, I'm going with that. Jamal Eigel and John Dell, unbelievable issue. It was so much fun. And, it, and you know what was great about it, too? And this is, this is proof that in 2011, we could still do one-and-done stories, man. And they're great. Satisfying issue. You could have just picked it up right off the shelf, not knowing anything about the rest of the series, and boom. You would have had a one-and-done fantastic Xantana story. Thank you for listening. Um, once again, my email, Donnie Savo, D-O-N-N-Y, S-A-L-V-O, all one word, at yahoo.com. All right, and check out our sponsor, DBC, D, blah, 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 times DCB Service, DCBS, DCBService.com, discount comic book service. Go. I've been using them for years. Never had a problem. I Let me tell you something. I had one screw-up. It wasn't on their end. It was on UPS's end, okay? Dude, I emailed them. I was like, did you send Where's the pack? Right? They, they called UPS right up, and they're like, look, man, this dude didn't get his package. UPS called me right up. Turned out the guy delivered it to the wrong building. And what happened? No lie, dude. No lie. Unless 12 hours later, that package was on my doorstep. That's how good they are, man. They really, really put customer service first. Go check them out. They were nice enough to sponsor this show. And uh, all right, guys, I will talk to you next time. Later. Boobity boop boop boobity boop boop. Bye.